today has joined us hey what's going on man oh there we go let me oh. get some lights on in here guys can you hear me? <laughs> yep. yeah we can hear you all right yep we got you let's see let's see if that worked i got a uh, sleeping baby upstairs so i can't oh. use all the lights <laughs> <laughs> that works that works so uh we are, you guys, well, you guys are listening to pu- another episode of Pudgy in the Fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, here with us, as always, is myself, Zach, a.k.a. Pudgy, uh, and the wonderful. Sometimes, sometimes, remember. It's not always, but uh, you got the fridge, uh, otherwise known as Spencer, uh, getting back into the swing of things. And uh, today we got a uh, surprise guest coming on. I uh, got uh, some interesting topics to discuss with him for a little bit. So I'll let uh, Zach introduce him officially. Yeah, so uh, the wonderful sports attorney uh, who goes by Sports Law Lust on Twitter, uh, Dan Lust. Did I pronounce that last name right? Um, the opposite of love. You have that correct, my friend. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. So yeah, we really wanted to uh, bring you on, uh, you know, ask you a couple questions about the name image likeness lawsuit that, you know, is going on with NC with the NCAA right now um, and uh, ask you a couple questions about yourself um, so I mean if we can go ahead and just get started real quick how long have you been in the uh, whole uh, legal industry uh, as your type of uh, job um, I graduated from law school in 2013 so I have been in the practice for just about eight years a little less um, but asking me about my sports background i started with the new york football giants in their pr department in 2008 so um i mean i've been a sports fan my whole life but somewhat in the sports nexus um for you know uh closer to i'm not the best at math lawyers are not good at math maybe 13 years <laughs> if i'm trying to figure it out awesome awesome uh are you a, a giants fan then officially or what, what is your fandom so um i'm a buffalo bills fan um, but if someone's going to offer me a job with the Giants, I'm going to be a Giants fan. Right, uh, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, my, my, you know, the Bills and the Giants are not natural enemies, so I can, I can like both. Right, right. And you get the luxury of being in the same state, at least. So it's not too far away. So that definitely helps. <laughs> the truth is that Buffalo Bills are actually New York's only football team because the Giants and Jets are technically New Jersey teams. Yeah. True. True. Very true. Got the truth coming from the lawyer already. All right. <laughs> I'm under oath here. I'm under oath all the time. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what sort of drew you to wanting to just get into that sports nexus part of it? Um, was there something that happened or uh, just something you wanted to take a stab at to see if you would really like? Well, here's a, uh, we'll, probably, we'll put it into perspective. So boys, I think Zach, the reason I'm on this podcast is because of my thoughts, maybe on Nebraska, Cornhuskers football. Yeah. Um, see, I, I've always been, I've always viewed myself as kind of like a problem solver. 
And uh, when I see people like Paul Feinbaum picking Nebraska Cornhuskers, I want to come in there with my law degree and kind of, you know, put him in his place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, that's I, my, my, I grew up, my dad's a lawyer. Uh, my, my sister's a lawyer. My brother-in-law's a lawyer. Come from a whole family of lawyers. So I always, uh, I always respected the law. Um, sometimes I ran afoul of the law when I was a little bit younger. So, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I like, I like being on the good side of the law. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes Zach, to your question, when it comes to the intersection of sports and law, you know, the, the, I kind of have the legal DNA cause it's, you know, it's all in my family. And then I just grew up, like I had no aspirations to really work in, in the law, but I really loved sports. Um, as I'm sure, you know, not, not say, say anything crazy, but when I got the job with the giants, enough people in my circles kind of told me, Hey, um, you have the sports background, um, you know, if you get a JD uh, and you go to law school, that'll only help you push your sports career further. So it's kind of kind of half true, but it ended up kind of leading to something even, you know, not that I envisioned, but this intersection of where I'm an attorney, uh, representing athletes, going after teams, leagues, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're I mean, you're definitely right with the whole uh, Nebraska thing. I mean, we, we we talked about it a lot on the past episodes about how much they just got ran through the woodshed uh, for wanting to play football and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just something it felt nice because the state and everybody around it really was in unison for the first time in what seems like forever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's always, it's always wonderful when we have people back it up like you uh, and uh, I believe Andrew Torres was also another one, uh, one of the more national guys who was behind us, which is always one, wonderful to see. So. I was number one. Andrew Torres is like a distant second. And also <laughs> exactly. There you go. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the state of Nebraska a compliment. Um, you know, I, I uh like put my put my foot in the water in different different conversations and you know sometimes um is this guys is this podcast like can I curse on this? Is this like mm-hmm. is this yeah, fine? that's fine. We yeah, you're good. We're not too worried about that. Yeah. So you know, um, I don't know. I'll address the elephant. My last name is Lust. People have asked me if I'm related to Kendra Lust. I have no affiliation to Kendra Lust whatsoever. <laughs> but but sometimes, you know, I engage with celebrities online and like it's it's kind of fun for like a particular day. So like yesterday I was online and I was trying to help law students get jobs with law firms. So I called myself like the legal matchmaker, right? So just for fun. And Patty Stanger, the uh, millionaire matchmaker, drops my replies and she's like, oh, this is great matchmaker. So these things come and go, right? <laughs> I, I waited into the Nebraska controversy just because I, I felt that Paul Feynman was being an asshole. I just, I just thought he was being just a complete out of line. And I, I'm from New York. I don't have any connection to Nebraska. The, the fans, I don't want to say fans, the people of the great state of Nebraska, you guys, there is no place like Nebraska. Like, I feel like I'm an adopted Cornhusker. I mean, just, I, I've like defended you guys one time. Then I kept it going because it's like you guys just needed some support outside of the Nebraska. But like, this is uh, my one thing that I've kind of waded into the water to that like is now just attached to me. And like, I love it. I love all things Nebraska. Go Nebraska volleyball is, uh, is oh, yeah. Leave that. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yes. That's, that's 100%. We're a volleyball state right now. So, I mean, we love our volleyball. Yes. Yeah. We're, de- we're definitely not, we're not a basketball state right now. Well, that's, 
that's, that's, that'll come later. So, um, but yeah, that's a, that's that's a big thing with the the, the Husker fan base is this we're we're welcome, you know, able to embrace anywhere and anybody across the country. And you go anywhere from California to Florida and everything like that, and anywhere in between, you're going to find a number of fans that, and they become kind of lifelong fans. They may like other teams and stuff, but they're always with it, and we're always happy to embrace them and welcome them back anytime they come back and cheer us on. So, Nebraska is like. Cause I root for the Buffalo bills. I'm not from upstate New York, but I have, you know, my, my dad was a fan, but it's like, people just love Buffalo bills fans. You know, they're jumping through <laughs> tables, lighting themselves on fire. Like I think there's <laughs> yeah. a version, the truth. I think there's a version of Cornhusker fandom that, you know, when, when Nebraska is doing well and they're making, and then, you know, they have their, you know, their Renaissance, I think everyone's going to jump aboard the bandwagon. People are ready to, to root for Nebraska. So, I mean, that's just, it's just my take on it. Maybe it's not going to be in the Big Ten because the Big Ten is very <laughs> underappreciative of what's going on in Lincoln. Yeah, uh, I've I've definitely had my own takes on that, especially with. Uh, I, th- I think your uh, friends at ESPN are the same way too. <laughs> yeah, uh, with the Big Ten um, baseball schedule literally just getting released, and they're starting in uh, beginning of March. No non-conference games, no conference tournament. Yet you have basketball being played non-conference games conference tournament it's hard to see the big 10 not give a damn about some of the sports and that's i mean that's it doesn't generate as much money as basketball does and probably never will but it's kind of disappointing because nebraska loves its baseball as well oh yeah speaking of nebraska baseball i recently learned that alex gordon and jama chamberlain are both uh famous cornhusker alums did not know that yeah, yeah they, were, uh, they both uh, won't have to ever buy a beer or meal uh, around here. So, yeah, Java Chamberlain, <laughs> Chamberlain might need that, uh, uh, that at, at this point in time. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you ever been to the uh, College World Series at all here in Omaha? I've not, I, but I do know. I remember when I was growing up, uh, they had that little jingle they would play Omaha, Nebraska. I just, um, that was my connection. <laughs> there Nebraska. we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I remember watching Java play back in uh, 2001 when they, one of the last real good teams that uh, Nebraska had playing. And uh, uh, we got stuck outside the stadium for like two to three hours because they were trying to get George Bush to throw out the first pitch. And there was some delay or something. And I thought there was going to be like a riot starting outside the stadium. But if you ever get the chance, you know, it's, it's an experience to say the least. So it's probably a little bit once this COVID situation handles itself, because I don't know where we're going to be at this year with it, but uh, it's an experience you can't pass up. And if you come at the right year, it can overlap with the Olympic swim trials right there in the same spot and everything. So there's, there's going to be a day I'm going to come down just because at this point, you know, and there's a large percentage of my followers on Twitter from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably just gonna like live tweet my whole day in Lincoln, and there's like <laughs> drinks that people are telling me about. So you know, and lovely Cornhusker fans bought my uh, bought my family some shirts and some swag. So I'm gonna be rocking all that down down over there. So yeah, they really, I'm like, I'm not just saying this. There's no, I've, I've done this with a couple different fan bases. Like no one has attached to the the scenario much like Nebraska fans have. So super super indebted to to you guys. Awesome, awesome. And it's and it's awesome because. Uh... You know, with us being entrenched in it, we also have our share of the fans you wish weren't really there because they are just the ones who just toxic and all that. So it's like it's fun when you can hear the stories from national people who just embrace it. And I mean, that's what if you're going to support us, we're going to support you right back. That's how it is. Mm. That's just what we do. 
Unless, unless you're Texas for, for Zach over here. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of Texas. <laughs> um, so I, uh, we'll probably slide in a little bit to, I guess, kind of the, the main thing we're brought you in for. So what's, uh, what uh, really got you started with the, uh, or the interest in the NIL lawsuit and like, kind of what's your take on it at this point? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I present to law students, uh, we'll say almost every other week at this point. Um, I spoke to Iowa. Um, you know, no, I, like, I can like Iowa. I'm speaking to Nebraska law school <laughs> in about two, three weeks. So that's, that's my, that's my main, main one over here. But I spoke to Pepperdine um, earlier today. And the reason I bring it up, it's, it's such a complicated landscape. You could really teach like a master class in law and legislative. It's the state level, the federal level, the courts, everything is kind of converging all at once. Um, it's really, really fascinating. So I'll give you just a, kind of like a sneak peek of what's going on. Like when people are saying that this year is setting up to be the, uh, I don't know, the most volatile in terms of college athletes, rights. Like it's true. Like it's not, there's no real debate on it. Um, California had that like, you know, that, that moment when, uh, you know, Governor Newsom um, signed in fair pay to play, which was that thing that, you know, he went on LeBron show and he signed this thing. It was all fancy. So mm-hmm. as fancy as it was, that doesn't come into effect until 2023. So a couple of states copied, you know, they copied versions of what California did. Florida was the main one I bring it up because their effective date for their ability to pay athletes is July of 2021. So it's like five months from now. So um, I don't know. There's a world that's like, this is, this is just true. If university of Florida and Nebraska were kind of tied in a top recruits head, like, and Florida can pay him money and Nebraska can, he's probably going to go to Florida. Same thing with Miami, same thing with, uh, Florida state, you know, uh, Florida Gulf coast, UCF, any of those schools, um, they're probably gonna get the edge in that tiebreaker. So the only way that Florida doesn't get that edge starting on July 1st, um, is kind of if the federal government steps in with their own name, image, and likeness bill, which is potentially on the table. There's a couple of them on the table. We'll see if, you know, these uh, the politicians can get their shit together and get any of these passed. Um, doubtful with the, 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 the track record we're on. Right. Um, number two, we have a case, guys, which I think is probably one of the other, you know, it's probably the biggest sports topic out there. There's a case, Alston, um, that's going to go to the United States Supreme Court on March 31st for oral argument. And there's a world where the, you know, the, the Supreme Court of the United States can create an antitrust exemption for, um, for the NCA, in which case kind of sets itself up for some real fireworks. But I don't know, short, short of a federal bill coming in, I, I see a world where Florida gets a clear recruiting edge unless, uh, unless really somebody steps in or maybe even perhaps, guys, the NCAA sues the state of Florida for what's called an injunction to stop them from applying um, their version of um, name, image, and likeness. So some real fascinating stuff that's really not, it's not that far away, less, less than uh, six months. Right, right. It's uh, it could be crazy here as the year goes along before we get ready for hopefully another uh, another football season ramps up. Um, I guess. So uh, what is uh, what is your opinion as to what should take place? Do you think the government needs to put that bill in place or do you uh, um, do you feel there's maybe another route where the states is all need to kind of jump on it and get where Florida is at this point? So I did a segment. Well, this is I I just say it like it is. And then some people disagree. Some people think it's not important. My life is like sports and law. Like if you haven't heard me, like I'm not, not the most political person. Um, I just, that's, that's a topic that's very important to me, but for um, federal legislators to pass a 
college sports bill, like, I don't know, there's the other stuff that people might view as being more important. I think it's very important. I think it should be at a very high point on the list, but I don't know, in the grand scheme of life, right? If you're not a sicko like me and you just think of sports and law, like there's other stuff that's potentially more important. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, you know, like I did this uh, television segment like uh, uh, for, um, for Fox News Now, and like I was reading the comments on YouTube and people were like, why is the Supreme Court taking a case on college football? Don't they have better things to do? What a waste of time. So as much as, we, you know, we, we're all guys in the sports realm, like I, I think college football needs someone to say, come in and, and save the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's also putting NCA with their back against the wall where they're like lovely, you know, a little system of uh, fiefdom when they're like taking from all the athletes and saving all the money for themselves. That's also coming into to fear. So I don't know. Do I want Florida to get a recruiting edge? Not really, you know, unless Nebraska, you know, moves it over to the state of Florida. Uh, I don't, I'm not, not cool with necessarily Florida teams getting an edge, but I'm also equally not cool with the NCAA just getting away with, you know, not paying college athletes for years. Like I was, um, I was talking to someone recently about Johnny Menzel, like Johnny Menzel uh, probably would, could have commanded a salary in the eight figures when he was at Texas A&M. He flamed out in the pros. He's playing this like fan controlled football league, whatever this thing is, not even the CFL. It's not even like what this thing, it's not even the XFL. It's like five levels down. And, you know, I'm sure Johnny would like to have a little bit of money in the bank. And I don't, I don't really know who that benefits other than the NCAA that athletes can't make money. Um, You know, and I'm sure, you know, it's just, people should know, even though the NCAA is proposing a version of their name, image and likeness, it doesn't preempt Florida's because Florida is a state right? Like if they tell Florida and like uh, Florida state, Hey, don't listen to state law, use our uh, name image, use the NCAA's own name image likeness. State of Florida is not going to have, not going to be okay with that. And I don't know why Florida would need to go along with that. So I don't know it's, it's, uh, we'll say it's, it's troublesome. I'll, I'll say this guys, um, you know, uh, I wasn't alive for this era. I don't, I don't think you guys were either, but it was a time in the country where the national drinking age did not exist. It was a state by state uh, inquiry. So I don't really think that was beneficial to have different drinking ages across state lines. And the federal government stepped in, you know, they had their own reasons for doing it, but they changed that. So I think a federal bill would be very helpful, but again, that's the bailout here. And I don't, I don't really know what the holdup is. I don't know why it's not being done unless, again, it's just not that high on the priority list. So if it does go say against the NCAA and basically allowing these states and these schools to do what they, what they will. Um, could that, would you, I mean, do you see that leading to possibly the uh, uh, disenfranchisement, I guess, of the NCAA as a whole? Because I mean, if you think about it, they really only govern others, all the other sports except for football because it's not an N- technically an NCAA sponsored uh, national championship because it's paid for by other people. Do you think it will come to a point where all these conferences and schools just say, you know, let's just create our own league and do it that way with our own rules? Fun fact. Fun fact. I think that's, uh, that's a version where the, this might happen. I mean, if we watch what happened during COVID and pandemic, obviously I, I was very vocal on the, fire Kevin Warren bandwagon because I don't know what, what his role was in this process. He was not bringing anyone together, right? Like, you know what I mean? You, you have a power structure set up where the commissioner is supposed to control the conference and get everyone online, get everyone on the same page. It was like, guys, I can curse you, right? We've confirmed it. 
complete fuck, complete clusterfuck. I don't know what the hell was happening. Kevin Warren is a commissioner. He's also a lawyer from a, a very big firm, worked for Minnesota Vikings. The guy, guy was was on a hibernation. I don't know what he was doing for, for months. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, you know, the, the truth is, it, and then it didn't really come to come to. I mean, maybe it did behind the scenes. Maybe we'll figure this out. But like, there was a there was a situation in, in football where like across conferences, you had this stupid 21 day rule, right? On the one hand, and then Clemson could do whatever they wanted. And like, you know, Alabama could do whatever they wanted. So um, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think we've seen that like the, the threads that hold college football together are, are very flimsy, right? Like conferences were doing whatever they wanted. Um, and at a certain point, like, I think this is just important from the legal perspective, not just me like throwing stuff out. When California passed fair pay to play, there were a number of schools and administrators that said that it's not going to be fair for California to gain an advantage and we're not going to schedule games against these California schools. So that uh, hasn't, you know, somebody, somebody told these administrators to shut the hell up because they were saying things that looked to be seemingly violative of antitrust law. Um, so no one, they haven't said in the Florida context, but like, I don't know, Florida, California, it's the same concept. There's going to be athletes that get paid money in these states at some point in time. So in um, antitrust law, I don't know, antitrust, uh, uh, you know, just to forever, people that don't know, it's the, our company, our, our country's supposed to run uh, where people can freely compete for services. There's no like, can't hold people down, people allowed to complete, complete you, you know, you can't have monopolies over any given context. College football is kind of a monopoly because there's the NCA and then there's like, you know, that's it. There's no, there's no competition to it. So in the context where California schools were told like, hey, we're not gonna schedule games against you. Think about it logically. Well, maybe the California and you know, whatever schools, UC, you know, USC, Stanford, UCLA, they're like, oh, I really wanna be in the NCAA. I wanna compete for the national championship. So there's that version, right? And then NCAA thinks they have leverage. And then there's the other version that if the best athletes in the world are really going to these schools and these states where they can get paid, like, Maybe they, maybe like the Pac-12, right, would be better off or not, whatever the California schools would be better off stepping aside, making their own television contracts, their own championships, having the best athletes in the country. I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. There's nothing holding them back. So yeah, this, this thing is called an illegal group boycott. If you, if you refuse to play or, or have other teams involved. So yeah, um, that's been threatened. The NCAA has done that, uh, you know, way back when with the College Football Association in the 1980s when they were trying to fix television contracts. They did it with University of Pennsylvania. Like years ago, they threatened to boycott them. So, again, I, I mentioned it just in passing. Like, it's on the table that, that people could leave start their own conference. It's not, it's not that crazy. It's been threatened before. So, um, obviously, football is a big powerhouse when it comes to money for just about any of the, the Power Five conferences and everything. But how would the, something like that kind of affect some of maybe the other sports, volleyball, you know, basketball, baseball, stuff like that? Because obviously some of those, they just they don't have the revenue streams. Like, do you think that if they did support that and didn't have the back in the NCAA, would they have ways to produce enough money to be able to keep those afloat? Well, I mean, the system really – I mean, the truth is, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not going to mess up the numbers, but the, the gist is like, I think most schools function off of the revenue they bring in from basketball and football, and they just pour that revenue elsewhere. I think I'm, I hope I'm not speaking a turn, but I, I think I read something that most sports, like maybe all sports other than football and basketball are not profitable, just in, in general across the whole NCAA landscape, and the profits from football and basketball are given to those sports. So, I mean, you know, um, 
if you have a very profitable basketball and football, and I imagine if you took a football, um, let's just say like you took all the California schools and you took all the Florida schools and you made your own version of NCAA, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, make up some crazy name. Um, those entities are going to be that much more powerful because they're not going to be, you know, in a revenue sharing system with division one, division two, II, division three. It's just whatever handpicked schools they want. And as we've seen guys, television contracts are insane. And to the extent that you can build this thing up as a real entity, like, I don't know, guys, the XFL got the pretty lucrative uh, football deal and they have absolutely no bearing, right? Arena football had their own television contract. So as long as you get a TV deal, uh, I don't know, it's, it's seemingly doable. Um, so interesting though. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, Fridge, what's your real name? Remind me. Uh, Spencer. Spencer. So yeah. like there's also a, a world that's like college basketball, right? We can mess with the college basketball model because guys can now go straight to the G League, right, and get paid like hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And right, college basketball could kind of be ruined if they don't if they don't come up with name, image, and likeness. Because guys just will do Lamelo Ball, right? They'll go over to Australia, um, they'll go to the G League, get paid. I don't think you can exert that same type of force for football unless like the XFL basically agrees to take guys straight out of high school. And you can't you can't rule that out. XFL says they're trying to change the game, and if the XFL allowed you know, the top quarterback in the country, instead of sitting in the bench, you know, Alabama is a third stringer, just going to be the starting quarterback for whatever the rock wants to call his crazy teams. Like, <laughs> I know right. that, that, that could really apply incredible amounts of pressure on the NCAA. And I think that's kind of what the rocks game plan is to be another game changer. And this right, you know, basketball has the one and done rule. Football has the three years removed from high school rule. I don't know what, what's not to say that the XFL just couldn't change that. Right. And just have guys go straight to the pros and make money as a 19 year old. Yeah, and you you are right with the uh, with the uh, you know sports operating in the black. Um, I think it was uh, Nebraska and Hawaii I saw are like one of the two schools who annually uh, operate in the black for volleyball. It's it's it is amazing how you know all this money that these football and basketball programs can generate just to support all these other sports. It's it's insane the amount of money that's out there. True. I didn't. I didn't know that um, Nebraska was in the black from volleyball. I did know Hawaii was. Hawaii has like five really good volleyball schools. Am I crazy? Yeah, Hawaii. Hawaii is. Uh, Hawaii is one of those schools. They they love their volleyball over there. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. I understand that Nebraska is good at volleyball, but how did that happen? Like, when is that? Are people playing volleyball on the beaches? Like, what's going on? Uh, it. I guess it's a little bit of. I mean, I love it. I just. I just I just can't figure out the origins of it. Yeah. Um, having the right coaches and I guess dedicating to it. Cause yeah, Terry Pettit, he's one of the main things that got Nebraska going. Cause it hasn't been a sport uh, at Lincoln for very long. I think it's since the nineties, maybe. Yeah. Won a couple like national titles. Then you get. No big deal. Uh, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get uh, him out there also helping promote the state of volleyball, the, program of volleyball in the state of nebraska with all these high schools all these high school kids like uh, a couple years ago pavilion la vista uh i think south maybe had uh they they were twins and they were one of the highest recruits in the country it's it's being able to just focus everything into there like it is with texas and football nebraska they see it's a volleyball state because of all these extracurricular programs and all these high schools that are really getting into it. Then you get John Cook, who's been here forever now and has won uh, three national titles and doesn't have it doesn't show any stopping. He's the Nick Saban of college volleyball, pretty much, because he just we just signed the 
uh, top recruiting class, I think, in almost any sport when you have three out of the top five girls coming to your school. So it is it is insane. It's sort of like how Nebraska football became a thing because, you know, you look at the the state, the population, it shouldn't be a thing. But it is because of what the coaches and the, and the program itself has been able to do. Kudos to Nebraska. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very cool. So it shows you what can happen when you get some homegrown talent and they just, they want to stay in state. I mean, that's, we saw that for a while back in the, in the nineties with Nebraska when that really had a, their good run, a lot of walk-ons, a lot of local kids sticking around and developing at, at the school. And that we're seeing it with volleyball and it's been that way for, you know, last decade and a half basically and they're you know continually being that powerhouse but just that local talent if you can develop it and keep it in in state then you can see what can happen with it so as as i'm sure you know that you know that a lot of this really started kicking when uh the whole name image like thing when sam keller came out with and uh some others came out with against ncaa football um so ea sports mentioned they're going to bring back ea sports college football um so obviously a question we have to ask is depending what the result of that name image likeness is um that wouldn't prevent ea sports from getting any rights from any of those players or schools assuming it's passed in uh against the ncaa right so uh i don't know if i'm going to give you the answer that you like but i'm just going to tell you what the what's going on i mean so first of all, they got to come up with a better name than that. It's kind yeah. of stupid. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it sounds really dumb. Um, so, I mean, but the truth is NCAA football was really lame too, but we just got used to it. Like it's because when you tell people NCAA football, like the video game, it's like, it's kind of lame. So, but here, here's the thing. So the game uh, is apparently going to just have schools. It's going to have schools, it's going to have stadiums. Um, and that's because of a deal that the, that EA sports signed with the collegiate licensing company. So, they're going to have – actually, let's take two steps back because I, I think this part's and – and I have a sense that you guys are in this as well. You guys ever play Dynasty mode in NCAA football? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my favorite part of the game. And fun fact, just a free plug. I don't know who makes this game. It's a game called Campus Dynasty. I play it on my phone. And it's uh, it's it doesn't have any of the school names, but it has like – it won't have like Nebraska University. It'll have like Lincoln Huskers. So it's, <laughs> it's like skirting very finely. <laughs> But if, if you take some time and you change the names, right? Like it's pretty clear what the schools are meant to be and the colors are correct. Um, but you can't, you can only copyright things to a certain extent. Like if you have a, uh, like, like for example, there's a school that's like silver and red and it's like the Columbus Buckeyes. It's like, wonder who that fucking is, right? So, um, you know, so I, I, that's, that's this game I play. It's on my phone. It's, I don't know, it's a, they play a lot. It's a, it's a good game, whatever. Free plug to Campus Dynasty. So, now, I, I bring up dynasty mode in NCAA football because if you simulate out six years, right? Let's say Nebraska has won a couple of national championships, right? You're the best recruiting class. But you're six years out in the future. None of the players are going to resemble, right, anybody that we know of. They're all going to be randomly computer generated. So that version of NCAA football, we play, right? I loved once I got to year like 20 of dynasty. Like, I'll just keep going. I'll get 30, 40. That's the version of the game. Basically, we're going to start in year six. Um, we're not gonna have any players that they're based on their name, image, and likeness. So would I buy a game that has, uh, it's not like my campus dynasty on my phone. 
it actually has all these schools and it has great graphics and it has all the, the stadiums, right? It has everything. It just doesn't have the player names. Would I buy that? Sure. The problem, guys, and this is the, the, the I don't want to say the best news, there's a scenario now that's created where because um, the three of us, right? Let's say I really wanted to, and I wanted to get a mod, and I wanted to figure, and I wanted to get downloaded all the players, right? I want to get the quarterback for the right schools, running back. There's some psycho like me that's going to be out there, and he's going to create all the players for all the different teams, and you just download that mod. Now, guess who loses out in that scenario, guys? The players. Players. <laughs> we get our game. We get exactly what we want, right? We can play with the players with their name and likeness. But the EA Sports, like, they're washing their hands. They're like, well, we didn't do it. College licensing goes, well, we just supplied the schools. So we're kind of, um, I don't know, I, I'm not not to say I'm telling anybody to do this. It just happens. I know that mods exist. I know they exist for, for this particular reason. Um, and there's a world where we could bring back EA Sports the video game. The whole reason it went away was so we could pay athletes in order for us to play the game. And now if you're going to replace the players, just randomly computer-generized players, EA Sports could literally just wash their hands and say, well, we didn't do anything wrong. We absolutely did nothing. And that's, I don't know, I, I almost want to say a likely scenario at this point because EA Sports is coming back. Right. And, and I think I think they said 2023, mm-hmm. but they've announced that they're coming back at a time where athletes still aren't getting paid. So it's a little bit of a red flag. And I, I think they might try to skirt around this on a technicality. And we're, we're kind of seeing that right now. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've seen it pop up, but uh, there's guys that made a college football revamped uh, version of NCAA 14 where you can download it and it has all the updated roster stadiums. It's got updated teams. Like they put two or three years into it and stuff, but it's, it's that it's basically the game we had before with oh, the minds. This might need to be sent to me because I've never heard of this, but you know, this, uh, uh, this, you'll have to ask, talk to Zach. Cause I think you got it on your computer. Don't you Zach? Yeah, I have it on my computer. Uh, it's uh, the team. It's actually on Twitter too. It's, I think it's uh, CFB revamped. They're also working on updated jerseys and everything. Uh, for the schools as well, it's a bunch of bunch of uh, to use the term. I mean, computer nerds that know what they're doing and uh, doing God's work here. Yeah, exactly. But here's the problem: they're doing God's work, but the players are still losing out. So this is a giant chunk of revenue they're going to lose out on. So I don't know. We'll see if there's some kind of creative arguments that the players can try to fight to try to get a hold of these things. But right now, players have no rights. Right? You're almost. Uh, I don't, I don't know. You can use whatever term you want. They have no college athletes are the only one and you step foot on campus. You can't make any money, which I was talking to a girl today at Pepperdine law school. And she was telling me that she did. She was like an intern for uh, the Penn state athletic department and she got paid whatever, like $10 an hour, 50, whatever it was. So she's getting paid money. Right. And Saquon Barkley on the sidelines is not getting paid money. And it's like, well, how, how does that make sense? Like who, like, I just don't. I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, if you don't pay the athletes for the video game, that's just another huge revenue stream they lose. Well, um, I think, I mean, I would, that, that was all uh, I really had for you. Was there uh, anything you wanted to plug? Do you have a podcast or anything going on that you want to uh, talk about? Um, I can. I mean, I could also talk all day just because, you know, <laughs> it's just what I do. Um, so yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram at sports law lust. Um, my podcast is called conduct detrimental, uh, as a, as a brief, uh, I don't know if anybody is listening to this, you're in college or in high school. Um, there are some aspects sound being a lawyer, kind of, you know, it can sound really stuffy and, and not so fun. Um, but then there's people like me, right. I work, uh, 
you know, I go on ESPN Radio, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and I talk about issues like this. Um, I speak to law students across the country. Um, and for my career, I, uh, you know, I'm at a firm uh, that sues, uh, you know, do, we're pretty litigious. We do we represent athletes and suing in a number of different contexts. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's me. And for our podcast, this it's called Conduct Detrimental. Again, we talk about the intersection of sports and law. My uh, fellow podcast co-host, he uh, originally used to co-host the, co-host the show with a guy named Dan Worley. He's another just kind of lawyer and interested in sports. Uh, Dan Worley uh, got hired by the Nashville uh, MLS team to be their general counsel, their head lawyer. And then from there, uh, he works for the uh, NFL team in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans. So oh, wow. he's over there. And meanwhile, my podcast co-host partner, he's, he's still on the show. He's he brought me on as his replacement. But Dan Wallach is uh, basically outside counsel for DraftKings, for FanDuel. Does a lot of interesting work um, at the same kind of sports betting intersection. A little bit different than what I do. But, yeah, we talk about all, all things sports. And it's basically two lawyers having a conversation at a sports bar. So that's, that's how uh, at least we phrase it. All right. Well, I really, uh, we both actually really appreciate you coming on, talking a little bit, a little bit on the legal aspect of things. Uh, maybe depending on how these things uh, work out, we'd uh, love to have you on again if that's in the cards. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, by, by all means. And shout out to, uh, to Husker Nation, Black Shirts. All right. Thank there you. We go. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we can, uh, did you want to just finish up with some uh, stuff that we haven't talked about? Uh, over the past couple of weeks, or what did you want? Um, so we can, uh, we'll probably do another one Monday. Um, that's uh, the next one. Just uh, do a quick uh, little recap of uh, some of the big news that took place in the in the sports world. Obviously, a couple couple of big stories. You got uh, Carson Wentz finding a new home. Yeah, getting traded to uh, relieve Philip Rivers. Um, Malzahn uh, going to UCF. Yep, yep. He got his uh, his new coaching gig and. You know, trying to be the turn the get that program back to to where it was and get some relevance for himself. Maybe get back to a Division One uh, powerhouse. Maybe at some point, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> After this past season, <laughs> they're crying. They want Scott Frost back. What? <laughs> yeah, we can do that Monday because uh, we definitely have another one. Um, I, I I do have one question. Yeah. What would you do with $340 million over the next 14 years? Did you win the lottery? No, I'm talking about Fernando Tatis and his new oh, yeah, his 14 extension. Million? Holy it's, shit. Yeah, the, I think it's the third largest in MLB behind Betts 365 and Mike Trout's outrageous, but probably deserving $430 million that he got. So that, it's, it's a sport given... It's not as, I guess, I, I don't want to say not as taxing because it is taxing, but not as much physical contact, I guess, as with uh, football. Because, I mean, if you want to make a, make money and play the sport for a long time, baseball is where it's at. Um, yeah. Being a long snapper in the NFL or kicker, punter. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I'd probably pay off all my debt, buy a couple cars, four, five, maybe. <laughs> uh, probably more than that i mean i i got my uh my dream car set up if you will if i ever had the the money you know i have oh you yeah gotta, you gotta have the, the three vehicles you gotta have the big truck mm-hmm. you gotta have the you know suv suburban you know family vehicle if you will and then you gotta have the sports car to go with it got a dream house lined up too oh yeah oh yeah um 
I was trying to see, and I think the uh, NFL, didn't they raise their salary cap for the next year? I think so. I think it got pushed up to 88 or something like that for the for the next season. So you might see some, continue to see the big contracts there, like Pat Mahomes. So we're going to see more money there. Pat, but the, Pat. <laughs> your, your favorite player, you know, the guy. <laughs> You know, you know, the guy that haunts your dreams and, and doesn't allow your team to go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, we just do that to ourselves anyway, so. True, true, true. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, to, we'll talk about uh, some of those uh, big moves uh, next week and maybe some uh, of what our uh, projections are for the offseason. It could be yeah. a very uh, volatile one, to say the least, for the NFL. So, And I do also uh, want to go over our Nebraska's football schedule. Since uh, it's out and everything, so yeah, we can, uh, uh, we can go a little more in depth on the uh, the baseball schedule too. Get some more Nebraska time and everything. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pudgy in the Fridge with Daniel Lust. You can follow him at Sports Law Lust. Uh, we hope to have him on again, and we will have another episode going up uh, Wednesday morning. And uh, until then, see you guys in the same damn time, in the same damn place. In the same damn state. Go Huskers!